The Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge. Thus have I heard, once the Blessed One was dwelling in Rajagriha at Vulture Peak Mountain, together with a great gathering of the Sangha monks and a great gathering of the Sangha of Bodhisattvas. At that time, the Blessed One entered the Samadhi that expresses the Dharma called Profound Illumination. And at the same time, Noble Avogadeshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, while practicing the profoundest of the empty of nature, then through the power of the Buddha and the Prashnaparamita saw in this way, he saw the five venerable Shavakutra said to the noble Avogadeshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, how should a son or daughter of noble family train who wishes to practice the profound Prashnaparamita Dressed in this way, noble Avalokiteshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, said to Venerable Shariputra, O Shariputra, a son or daughter of noble family who wishes to practice the profound Prajnaparamita should see in this way, seeing the five skandhas to be empty of nature, form and emptiness, emptiness also is form, emptiness is no other than form, form is no other than emptiness. In the same way, feeling, perception, formation, and consciousness are emptiness. Thus, Shariputra, all dharmas are emptiness. There are no characteristics. There is no birth and no cessation. There is no impurity and no purity. There is no decrease and no increase. Therefore, Shariputra, in emptiness there is no form, no feeling, no perception, no formation, no consciousness, no eye, no ear, no nose, no tongue, no body, no mind, no appearance, no sound, no smell, no taste, no touch, no dharmas, no eye, tattoo, no mind, tattoo, no tattoo of dharmas, no mind, consciousness, tattoo, no ignorance, no end of ignorance up to no old age and death, no end of old age and death. No suffering, no origin of suffering, no cessation of suffering, no path, no wisdom, no attainment, no non-attainment. Therefore, Shariputra, since the Bodhisattvas have no attainment, they abide by means of Prajnaparamita. Since there is no obscuration of mind, there is no fear. They transcend falsity and attain complete nirvana. All the Buddhas of the three times by means of Prajnaparamita fully awaken to unsurpassable, true, complete enlightenment. Therefore, the great mantra of Prajnaparamita, the mantra of great insight, the unsurpassed mantra, the unequal mantra, the mantra that calms all suffering should be known as truth since there is no deception. The Prajnaparamita mantra is said in this way, Teyata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhisattva. The Shariputra, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, should train in the profound Prajnaparamita. Blessed one arose from that samadhi and praised noble Avalokiteshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, Good, good, O son of noble family, thus it is, O son of noble family, thus it is. One should practice the profound Prajnaparamita, just as you have taught, and all the Tathagatas will rejoice. When Blessed One had said this, Venerable Shariputra and noble Avalokiteshvara, the Bodhisattva Mahasattva, that whole assembly in the world with its gods, kingdoms of swords and Gandharvas, rejoice and praise the words of the Blessed One. <laughs>
section of the great treatise on the stages of the path to enlightenment. And in that section we find uh, four um, divisions that Lama Tsongkhapa uh, breaks the stages of the path uh, and the explanation of it um, into. So uh, those four are showing the greatness of the teachings author in order to establish that it is of a noble origin. The second is showing the greatness of the teaching in order uh, to engender respect for the instructions. And the third, how to listen to and explain the teachings. And then fourth, uh, how to lead students with the actual instructions. So uh, this is uh, the first section of the text and uh, the divisions of explanation. So, uh, and it begins with showing the greatness of the teachings author in order to establish that it is of noble origin. And then in that section it goes over uh, the liberation life story of uh, Lord Atisha and basically shows that he was born in Bengal, uh, east of India, into a kingdom. He was a prince, his mother and father obviously then being king and queens, um, and uh, uh, that he very quickly um, became a scholar in all areas or all subjects of knowledge. Um, so, uh, and common to Buddhist uh, and uncommon. Um, and then also, within the Buddhist um, um, section of teachings, he became a great scholar relative to all the divisions of teachings that Buddha gave. 
in both the sutra and tantric divisions. So uh, um, at a very young age, Lord Atisha became a great scholar and renowned for uh, his um, 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 abilities to learn all these areas of knowledge. So after the section on how uh, Atisha achieved his uh, excellent qualities, uh, so um, uh, first is uh, how he took rebirth in the excellent lineage, um, and then the next section is about the qualities that he has. And there are two divisions of the qualities, the qualities of scriptural um, learning and or scriptural knowledge and then the qualities of uh, realizational or experiential knowledge, knowledge. and the, uh, um, um, the that is how go, what was just previously translated that is how Atisha gained his excellent qualities of scriptural knowledge uh, by learning all of these areas of instruction the next is how he gained the excellent qualities of realizational uh, knowledge or, or, or experiential knowledge um, and then it shows how Atisha engaged in the practice of the three highest higher training. Highest higher trainings in ethics, the highest higher training in concentration, and the highest higher training in wisdom. And then begins with the, the training in ethics and shows how he received the three types of vows. The vow of individual liberation, the vow of the bodhisattva, and the vows of the, uh, the antantra vows. So it shows then... Uh, first, his, how he possessed his training in ethics and by way of taking those three sets of vows. So then Atisha was very beneficial to the um, Buddhist teachings in both India and Tibet um, because and then the, in the section in the text that deals with um, what he did in India and Tibet it shows how in India he was able to uh, defeat uh, the um, mistaken views of uh, non-Buddhist practitioners three different times in Bodhagaya um, at a, a, a a ceremony or, or at a great debate ceremony. So uh, this is uh, what he did for the teachings uh, in India in that section. But in general, uh, Lord Atisha did so many wonderful things, uh, beneficial things for the Buddhist doctrine. <laughs> So then Lord Atisha went to Tibet and stayed in Tibet for 17 years and that's where he composed the lamp for the path to enlightenment and during his stay in Tibet he cleansed the teachings of all of their mistaken views in the same way one would wash a cloth that was dirty. Uh, Lord Atisha um, uh, unsullied the teachings that had been corrupted in Tibet. <laughs> So then the next <coughs> deals with the ideal qualifications of, uh, of an author. 
And uh, there are three ideal qualifications for an author to have, it's stated. The first is that he or she should have mastered the five topics of knowledge. The second is he or she should have possessed the instructions that are the key points for practicing the meaning of the topics of Buddhist knowledge, which have been transmitted in an unbroken lineage through the excellent beings from the perfect Buddha. And the third is that he, should receive, he or she should receive permission to compose the text in a vision of his or her chosen deity. So we state that Lord Atisha was an ideal uh, author because he possessed all three of the qualifications of an ideal author. ペンテアビメテアノコセネメテペトドナアンメテアブレスペンサブロタペンサネゾペトヨンゴロワテナジンタンボカサブレサンジェキチュサンジェキチュアディシャキチュデレネペヨバドマシナアノコカズニャレジ
so then it says that if we look at the teaching that is going to be explained in the text, the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment, it will be precisely the teaching uh, that are, are the instructions that were given in the lamp for the path to enlightenment. Uh, because the great treatise on the stage of the path to enlightenment is a commentary on Atisha's text, The Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment. So it says that uh, the lamp for the path to the, uh, enlightenment is comprehensive and fundamental. It's comprehensive because it contains um, all of the, th of the key points of sutra and mantra and all of the key points of the uh, great two trailblazers. So it, uh, it teaches uh, the key points of sutra and mantra vehicles. It is, its subject matter is comprehensive uh, since it emphasizes the stages of disciplining the mind. It is easy to put into practice. So it's very easy to take these stages and put them into practice. So these stages that discipline, that subdue one's mind, are easily put into practice by following the instructions that are given um, in uh, the lamp for the path to enlightenment that this text is a commentary on. And then it says, it, uh, um, uh, it is adorned with the instructions of two gurus who were skilled in the systems of the two great tra trailblazers. It is superior to other systems. So, it's superior to other uh, systems and comprehensive or complete because it possesses the lineage of instruction of uh, um, the uh, extensive deeds passed down from Lord Asanga, to, uh, who was a, a trailblazer, to Salingpa, who eventually passed it to Lord Atisha, um, and then uh, the, mass, the, prof the uh, profound, profound view lineage, which was passed from uh, Arya Nagarjuna, the Lord Nagarjuna, then to Ripikushu uh, Chowan, to Lord Atisha. Um, uh, so, Lord Atisha, uh, um, um, uh, in his text, The Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment, um, uh, uh, wrote all of the contents of the sutra and mantric vehicle as well as the thoughts of the two great trailblazers. So, uh, this is why it is said to be superior to other systems and complete, uh, because it contains all of that subject matter. Uh, and Atisha was a lineage holder of both of those two lineages that the trailblazers are founders of. So in this section, uh, showing the greatness of the teaching, uh, in order for one to uh, engender respect for the instructions, we find four divisions. Uh, the greatness of enabling one to know that all the teachings are free of contradiction. The greatness of enabling one to understand that all scriptures are instructions for practice. Uh, um, the gr third greatness of enabling one easily to find the conqueror's intent. Um, and then the fourth, the greatness of enabling one to refa refrain automatically from great wrongdoing. Uh, so these are the four divisions of greatness uh, in the category of greatness of teaching. <laughs> 
So the first section that shows the, uh, the greatness of enabling one to know that all the teachings are free of contradiction refers to the state of affairs of Tibet um, before Lord Atisha arrived. Uh, there were practitioners of the Sutra vehicle who felt that the Sutra vehicle and the Tantric vehicle were incompatible and then practitioners of the Tantric vehicle who felt that the Tantric vehicle and the Sutra vehicle were incompatible and that they um, were two separate systems completely. Um, and Lord Atisha showed uh, um, to the disciples that uh, these two um, um, lineages were not mutually exclusive and it showed how the one person could practice both Sutra and Tantra um, and, and how the two systems worked with, uh, with one another. Um, so Lord Atisha uh, brought that clarification to Tibet, and that's why it says uh, the greatness of enabling one to know that all the teachings are free of contradiction. Uh, Lord Atisha showed how these practices were not mutually exclusive, um, how, how they worked with one another. <laughs> Because of the fact that in the tantric vehicle there is an emphasis on utilizing the afflictions and converting them into path, uh, using uh, anger as path, using attachment as a path, using ignorance as path. Because of these assertions found in the tantric vehicle, practitioners found that the, uh, that that was mutually exclusive with the assertions in the sutric vehicle, so the two were incompatible. And Lord Atisha showed how one person, one practitioner, could work, could utilize both the sutra and tantric teachings, and how they were compatible and not mutually exclusive. <laughs> So this is, uh, this is a system which shows, that allows a person's mind's abilities to increase. Um, so this shows how one person's mind can first have the abilities relative to the teaching shared in common with beings of small capacity, and then increase his or her mind's abilities to the teachings that are shared in common with beings of medium capacity and then increase his or her mind's abilities to uh, um, be of the great uh, vehicle um, uh, uh, teachings uh, uh, within the uh, perfection vehicle as well as the, the mantric or tantric vehicle. Um, so this shows how one can um, um, increase uh, his or her mind's scope or capacity uh, through um, going through the various stages. Um, and then Rinpoche also mentioned, uh, he said the perfection vehicle and mantric vehicle, and then mentioned the four classes of the uh, action, performance, yogic, and highest yogic tantra. Uh, so one's uh, able to increase his or her own mind's abilities through these stages. <laughs> Uh, 
It's similar to how initially, a very, uh, when there's a small fire, a little bit of wind will blow it out. But later, if there's a great amount of fire, that wind actually helps the fire to ignite even more uh, or to increase. Uh, so it's similar to this uh, um, trans transformation. So initially, if one's minds are uh, is of uh, small ability, uh, um, then attachment and anger and ignorance is easily uh, uh, harms the mind, easily is harmful um, and negative. But as one's mind's abilities increases, then he or she is actually able to convert that attachment into a path, convert that anger and aversion into a path, convert the ignorance into a path. So initially, though, these things are harmful to one's mind. So there are bodhisattvas who are abiding in the uh, pure land in Dewachen, the land of great bliss, um, who actually wish to be born into our world system so that he or she is, are, can experience the various sufferings, so that he or she can see suffering and hear about suffering and, and uh, having it occur um, in, the, in his or her presence allows the bodhisattva's love and compassion to increase. Uh, so these um, seemingly negative things actually allow the bodhisattva uh, to um, in, increase in abilities, uh, increase his or her ab abilities and specifically love and compassion. So the next is the greatness of enabling one to understand that all scriptures are instructions for practice. So this is, enables one to see that every teaching that Buddha gave, and Buddha gave many, many different kinds of teachings and instructions. Buddha gave uh, instructions about the Four Noble Truths. Buddha stated that there was a, a, non, a not truly existent self. The Buddha sometimes stated that there was a truly existent self. The Buddha taught about the two truths in various different ways, uh, in, in 
various different capacities. Um, so the sec second section shows a practitioner that each and every one of these pronouncements are pathways that lead a being to the Buddha grounds. So the point of all of the instructions that Buddha gave were to lead one being uh, to the state of complete Buddhahood. Um, so uh, the, the lamp for the path to enlightenment contains all of these instructions implicitly that the Buddha gave because the, all of the teachings that the Buddha gave were for the point of, or, 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 or were for the purpose of uh, showing sentient beings how to achieve the state of enlightenment, and specifically how to take one person, one being, uh, um, uh, from uh, ordinary being to the state of Buddhahood and the various stages that he or she would have to go through to achieve that goal. So, um, the second section that, that shows that the scriptures are instructions for practice uh, basically shows how everything Buddha taught was to be uh, put into practice in the same way that one would take medicine that a doctor gave in order to get rid of an illness. Uh, all these practices were to be put into practice um, and in order to uh, achieve uh, freedom from uh, suffering altogether and ultimately Buddhahood. What is so there is a statement in the the Long Kabane. spoken words of Manjushri in a tantric text by Manjushri. It states that the three vehicles are one vehicle. And here the meaning of this is that the renunciation found within the hearer's vehicle, the solitary realizer vehicle, and then the bodhisattva vehicle all lead to one specific destination, and that is to Buddhahood. Um, so the, all of the stages of the path of the hearers, the solitary realizers, and the bodhisattvas ultimately lead <coughs> in being to the state of Buddhahood. Okay. So there the states in the Bodhichara Avatara that the conqueror or the Buddha um, gave many different uh, branches of teachings that all were meant to increase one's wisdom realizing emptiness. So 
many uh, branches of instructions were given for the reason of increasing one's wisdom realizing emptiness. So this is found in uh, Shantideva's uh, Bodhichara Avatara. And uh, the meaning of this is that uh, all of the practices of the uh, here solitary realizer, uh, um, uh, um, Bodhisattva or the Hinayana Mahayana, all of these instructions, all of these branches of instruction were meant to increase one's wisdom realizing emptiness that ultimately would then lead him or her to the state of uh, um, complete Buddhahood. Uh, so, and before, one thing I just forgot to mention, that the Buddha is considered uh, the ultimate um, 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 uh, user of skillful means, or possesses the ultimate method um, because of all of the different instructions for one person to be able to gain the state of enlightenment. So it's very similar to the preliminary instructions that are given to a child when uh, he or she first enters school. Um, and then slowly, more and more information is added to the point where he or she is then even attending college and learning um, information at that level, which is very different than what he or she started learning um, at the introductory level in school when school began. It's very similar to this. Then there were a hundred books that were translated from Sanskrit uh, into Tibetan that were being utilized this time, a hundred books. Then, then there are Tanda Moa. So now there are many more than a hundred, many more than this uh, um, of Buddhist actual uh, speech. Uh, so more than a hundred books that now. So the next section is the greatness of enabling one easily to find the conquerors in ten. So if we look at those hundred books uh, that uh, were present, uh, and, and we try to understand the meaning of them, it would be quite difficult for us to understand what the conqueror's intent was. Um, that's why it's necessary to rely on masters such as Nagarjuna and Enda Sangha, uh, who were able to uh, help us to easily understand uh, the, the meaning of these texts that the, the uh, 
the Buddha's, uh, of the Buddha's uh, pronouncements, the meaning of Buddha's pronouncements. Um, and then Lord Atisha was able then to um, uh, make it even easier uh, for one to understand the intent of the conqueror, the intent of Buddha. Um, so it's uh, for this reason that it's considered one of the four greatnesses, um, uh, because uh, one can easily understand uh, uh, um, uh, the conqueror's uh, the conqueror's intent, um, and when we look at the teachings, there are the um, 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 uh, what are they called? Teaching the definitive, the uh, um, the literal and the figurative teachings uh, that were given. So there are many different styles of teachings given, um, and then we look at uh, Nagarjuna and Asanga's explanations of them, and then then pa the past the lineage then of that explanation passed to Lord Atisha, and then we find that Lord Atisha converted them into a very palatable, easy format to understand. So if we look at the, uh, uh, what the real meaning, if we were to summarize the real meaning of the lamp for the path to enlightenment, we would state that it's the stages of the path for beings of three capacities, stages of the path for beings of small capacity, the stages of the path for beings of medium capacity, and the stages of the path for beings of great capacity. So uh, um, all of Buddha's teachings are able to fit into these three categories, and we can see that uh, Lord Atisha was able to condense all of the teachings that Buddha gave and into these three categories and explain these three categories in the lamp for the path to enlightenment. So the fourth, the greatness of enabling one to refrain automatically from great wrongdoing. And great wrongdoing, um, when one uh, um, sees that the, uh, uh, looks at uh, um, the Buddhist teachings and says, oh, the sutra teachings are good, but the tantric teachings are bad, or vice versa, um, then this is called the um, at, um, um, negativity of abandoning the Dharma. So there are many negativities that we can engage in through our body, speech, and mind. But great wrongdoing would be uh, uh, abandoning the excellent Dharma, and one would be abandoning the excellent Dharma if he or she found contradiction within the Sutra and Tantra. So this fourth uh, category deals specifically uh, with the, the, the great wrongdoing of abandoning Dharma. Then, 
So um, when it says with regard to, uh, to teachings, uh, concerning the teaching, uh, the word teaching here, uh, going back uh, again, the word is actually truth in the root text. Um, and if we divide truth uh, in Buddhism, uh, which can all sometimes be translated as teaching, uh, it can be divided into um, uh, the scriptural truth um, and realizational truth. So if we look at the first category of scriptural truth, um, if it is uh, spoken by the Buddha, it is necessarily considered scriptural truth. Um, so anything uh, of the Buddha's speech, any words uh, of the Buddha, uh, would be considered the scriptural truth. So um, the first turning of the wheel of Dharma of the Four Noble Truths, uh, that would be considered scriptural truth. The second turning of the wheel of Dharma of the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge, this would be considered scriptural truth. Whenever we do mantric recitation, uh, uh, making uh, uh, prayers to various deities, uh, such as Tara and uh, by reciting the source of all my good, um, by reciting the seven limb prayer, or be, by reciting um, the um, uh, um, four immeasurables, or the prayer of refuge in Bodhicitta, where we state, I take refuge until I am enlightened in the Buddha and the Dharma and the Sangha. Uh, through the merit I create by practicing giving and the other perfections, may I attain Buddhahood for the sake of all sentient beings. When we recite these, Types of things; these would fall categorically under scriptural truth. What Okay. So if we look at then the um, Tanjore, which is the um, commentaries on the spoken word of the Buddha. Um, and we find many different commentaries uh, that, uh, on the spoken word of the Buddha, um, and then other types of commentaries, Mongolian commentaries, Chinese commentaries, American commentaries, Japanese commentaries, any commentaries, Korean, Korean. Korean commentaries, uh, any comment Vietnamese commentaries, any commentaries that uh, are um, authentic and commentaries on the spoken word of the Buddha, not contradictory with the spoken word of the Buddha, would then be also considered uh, scriptural truth. So all of these things fall into the category uh, of Buddhist speech, and the commentaries on Buddhist speech all fall categorically under the heading of 
of scriptural truth. Uh, oh, okay. So an example is that the first t turning of the wheel of Dharma, where um, uh, um, the Buddha stated that this, the uh, Yanjusurana, um, the Demji, the Chukur Tambo, the So the first is the greatness, it's on page 46 uh, in the English, and it says, uh, enabling one to know that all of the teachings are free of contradiction. Um, so that's the first category, um, and that's... Uh, um, so that's... So that's, uh, that's where we are. We'll, we'll just give it a minute. I'm pretty sure that's where we are, page 46. So then, uh, the first part of this has a quote from Avokita Vratas, Commentary on the Lamp for Wisdom. And the Lamp for Wisdom was written by Baba Vega. And last week, the uh, um, debate that took place, the non-Buddhist and the Buddhist, Avokitvrata was the non-Buddhist who converted to Buddhism uh, that Baba Vega debated with. And then he wrote a commentary on the Lamp for Wisdom, which was written by Baba Vega. Um, so, and we would say that uh, they reignited one of the middle way autonomy schools and made up almost a new type of middle way autonomy school. Um, and then, and then within the middle way autonomy school there are two divisions, one uh, which is uh, more tending to the sutra school, one tending more to the mind only school. So uh, um, Avalokitvrata was uh, um, uh, that uh, converted non-Buddhist um, and he wrote this commentary um, uh, on the lamp, Baba Vega's lamp for wisdom, which was a commentary on the root wisdom text, the Mulya Madhyamika Karika by uh, Aryana Garjana. Mm -hmm. 
So here it says, concerning quote-unquote teachings or truth, the scriptures of the Bhagavan accurately teach that which is to be thoroughly known, that which is to be eliminated, and that which is to be manifested, and that which is to be cultivated by deities and humans who wish to attain the ambrosial state of non-abiding nirvana. So for deities and humans uh, who are in the best position to be able to achieve the state of complete Buddhahood uh, eventually. Um, uh, um, so here, um, in, in this, this case, uh, we're explaining it according, to, again, just translators note, uh, last week we said that there were various commentaries uh, with different explanations, uh, whether it was according to small scope or great scope. So. But in this, according to great scope explanation, we're speaking of deities and humans in the best position to achieve the state of complete Buddhahood, which is the ambrosial state that's being spoken of here. Uh, here, so teachings are necessarily uh, um, are, are truth. So if that which has been spoken by the conqueror, for instance, at the first turning of the wheel, where he stated that this is the superior truth of suffering, uh, that truth that was spoken of. Um, could be um, um, used uh, um, as a heading under anything that the Buddha, uh, uh, over anything that the Buddha stated. So, truth refers to that which the Buddha stated, as well as that the commentaries on uh, 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 the Buddha's statement. Uh, so, all of these uh, are considered truth um, because they lead beings to the complete state of enlightenment eventually. Uh, so, all the pronouncements from the first turning of the wheel to all the commentaries. So, the purpose of all of Buddhist pronouncements is so that one person, one being, can achieve the state of, of complete Buddhahood. So the stages that he or she would need to go through to achieve the state of complete Buddhahood. So that's the method, uh, the method for uh, one person. <coughs> so the, there are no contradiction. Uh, yes, the teachings are what the conqueror explained well. Here, in the context of the lamp, the path to enlightenment. To know that all the teachings are free of contradiction means to understand that they are the path by which one person becomes a Buddha. Some are the main points of the path, some are the various branches of the path. So it's for one person, a being, to be able to achieve the state of complete enlightenment. <coughs> So 
So here it says, um, some are the main points of the path. So the main points of the path, or the, the root of the path, refers to the wisdom realizing emptiness, because the wisdom realizing emptiness serves as an opponent to all of the afflictions, serves as an opponent to uh, the grasping at true establishment. So the, uh, because uh, wisdom realizing emptiness is the ultimate opponent to all of these things, then we state that that is a, a main point of the path or root of the path. And then some are various branches of the path, um, uh, meditation upon impermanence, meditation upon the ugliness or impurity, uh, meditation upon love. All of these things are branches of the path which are necessary but do not serve as <coughs> opponents to uh, all, all um, um, negativities. So, uh, this is why we state that some are branches and some are roots of the path. So we state that if it was if if it was the commentary on the words of the Buddha, if it was the commentaries by those masters such as a Sangha, as a Nagarjuna, as Chandrakirti, Aryadeva, all of these masters, we would state that this would also be scriptural truth. Uh, it wouldn't be just what the Buddha spoke. Any of those non-contradictory commentaries on the Buddha's word would be considered Buddhist truth as well. Um, so um, that's also uh, meant, uh, meant within this explanation when it talks about the truth or teachings. <laughs> So if we look at the uh, two, method and wisdom, those two would be considered uh, roots of the path. So if we look at uh, the path leading to Buddhahood, we would look at the wisdom side of the wisdom realizing emptiness and method side of bodhicitta, uh, the mind that aspires to enlightenment. So these would be considered roots of the path. And then other uh, um, teachings... Uh, or be the, the branches uh, or the secondary could also be translated as uh, parts of the path. That's go kset jingo. 
So, if we look at the true root of the path, we always have to state that it, it's the wisdom realizing emptiness. And then, uh, if we go to the Sutra of the Heart of Transcendent Knowledge, and we um, uh, um, look at the statement that says, All the Buddhas of the three times by means of Prajnaparamita fully awaken to unsurpassable, true, complete uh, enlightenment. So, here, by means of Prajnaparamita. Prajnaparamita refers to the perfection of wisdom. That's Prajnaparamita Sanskrit. Uh, so all the Buddhas of the three times by means of the perfection of wisdom uh, fully awaken to this enlightenment. So here, this is why we state that the true root of the path uh, refers to the wisdom realizing emptiness because the Buddhas of the past uh, achieve their realizations through the wisdom realizing emptiness or perfection of wisdom. The Buddhas of the present uh, achieve their realization through the wisdom realizing emptiness or perfection of wisdom. And then the Buddhas in the future will achieve uh, their realizations through the perfection of wisdom. So this reason we state is the uh, wisdom realizing emptiness or perfection of wisdom or Prajnaparamita is truly the root of the path. So the wisdom realizing emptiness um, is able to uh, um, serve as an antidote to the grasping at true establishment. Uh, therefore, um, since uh, it is the only opponent or antidote to that grasping, we state that it's ultimately the root of the path. Then, Tashe Ni, the Shanchu Sem, Lanj Sawa, Yimba, Mayimba. Chief. So the word uh, actually is like the chief um, when we're when we're speaking of the chief uh, instead of the root. Um, um, so it's actually the chief of of the uh, path uh, would be the wisdom realizing emptiness. The main point, the chief. The chief, the head, uh, would be the wisdom realizing emptiness. So, Lanjit, the soul, the chief. Rinpoche was uh, um, uh, using Obama as an example, uh, the, as the head of the United States, um, and the path, the head of the path, would be the wisdom realizing emptiness. So, um, uh, so that's the best way to translate it, really. The, the, the head of, or the chief of. Um, would be the wisdom realizing emptiness, and others would be the various branches. And I said to Rinpoche, so is the question I asked is method and wisdom uh, are the root of the path. Uh, and Rinpoche said, well, uh, if we look at the Mahayana path, then both method and wisdom 
uh, are. But then it's also stated that the root of the Mahayana, that the door uh, uh, to the Mahayana is bodhicitta, but the root of the Mahayana path is compassion. So it depends on what you're looking at uh, when you're uh, making reference to the root or the head of, of, of certain things, um, because there's different uh, analogies and, and different explanations given. Um, uh, so, just what we... we so the best truth is the ultimate truth, and the best consciousness is the wisdom realizing emptiness. What uh, because the, uh, um, uh, the antidote to the grasping at true establishment is uh, the wisdom realizing emptiness, we say that it is the chief uh, or the head of the, the, the path. Then they the Rinchin Chenwa, the Leu Tambo, the Shirap Dang Tepa. で、バドの白にの白。で、白と銀の銀の銀の銀の銀の銀の銀の銀の銀の銀の銀の銀の銀の銀の銀の銀の銀の銀の銀の銀の銀の銀の銀の銀の銀の銀の銀の銀の銀
so there's three, I unfortunately don't have the, the names, there's three different types of, of faith. There's the uh, faith, Rinpoche um, was using an analogy of clean water. Is anyone familiar with these three divisions of faith here right now? Would help? Okay, just sometimes somebody might. I the so I'm not going to be able to do this. So faith, one is faith based on reason or analysis. Um, uh, it's in the, the Lati Rinpoche's book. The faith based on reason or analysis. Uh, then there's faith that's based on uh, uh, scripture. Uh, and there's one more. I don't know the third. We can look that up. But there's three divisions of faith uh, um, um, and, and that uh, you can find when we, we divide it. Yeah. <laughs> ただ<音><音><音><音><音><音> Bodhisattvas make it their goal to accomplish the good of the world, all living beings. Since Bodhisattvas must take care of students who are followers of all three lineages, those of Shravakas, Prachika Buddhas, and Bodhisattvas, they must train in the paths of those three lineages. For as Nagarjuna's uh, essay on the spirit of enlightenment says, because they engender in others certain knowledge that accords with their own, the wise apply themselves always and without mistake. So here, the ultimate aim of all of the paths is to achieve uh, complete Buddhahood. So here it says, bodhisattvas make it their goal to accomplish the good of the world, or to accomplish the, the um, actually, actually literally I think translates uh, meaning for all beings, and meaning here would be to achieve complete Buddhahood. So um, since they are, there are students uh, that are in, in the vehicle of the hearer, and students that are on the vehicle of the solitary realizer, and students who are in the vehicle of the uh, um, uh, um, bodhisattva yana, or the great vehicle uh, practitioners. 
because all of these uh, beings uh, have affinities uh, for different types of teachings, it's necessary for the Bodhisattva to understand all of those various types of teachings so that he or she is able to be of benefit to all of those different types of, of beings and their personalities. So the Bodhisattva must be able to teach to that person's capacity or to their specific aptitude uh, in order to benefit them so that, that they can ultimately achieve the state of Buddhahood. Um, so uh, here it says, uh, um, because they engender in others certain knowledge that accords with their own, the wise apply themselves always without uh, mistake. Um, so this knowledge that accords with their own is that knowledge which leads uh, beings to the state of Buddhahood. So um, all of these things are either branches or direct pathways uh, to the state of Buddhahood. So therefore, since the Bodhisattva's goal is to help all beings, uh, then he or she must know all of the different um, uh, teachings which uh, uh, will be beneficial to each and every one of those individuals. ในบัจจิวะเตชังจุสัมปะสุลโลกโยอะเรสสุสุเชสุสุญาณะจินทะวะทุบะสังเจอันเนชังจุสัมปะอันเนชังจุสัมปะสุเกอันเนเตขะว
It says here now, there's a quote from Dharmakirti's, uh, it's from the second chapter of Dharmakirti's commentary on the Compendium of Valid Cognition uh, by Dignaga. Um, so it says, it is difficult to explain to others the results of causes that are obscure to oneself. So here, this is referring to um, uh, the within the Four Noble Truths, for instance, uh, where it states the uh, that the, the truth of or the truth of suffering is caused by the truth of origin, and that the truth of cessation uh, is caused by the truth of path. So the method to achieve suffering is to uh, um, uh, engage in origin, and the method to achieve liberation or cessation is to engage in path. But if one doesn't know that these cause and effect relationships exist, and this is how cyclic existence uh, evolves or occurs, then it's impossible for that practitioner to teach to others these facts. So it's necessary for these facts to be clear and not obscure to uh, the bodhisattva in order to be able to explain it to others. So uh, here, um, uh, the, the the results of causes that are obscure, the results referring to uh, the results of cessation, of suffering and then the results of suffering itself and, and how those two things occur. Uh, um, the bodhisattva has to be aware, has to know what these things mean in order to show them and explain them, uh, 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 or to explain their meaning uh, to others. So it wouldn't be possible uh, without that understanding. And that's from the second chapter of the Pramana Vardhika Karika. <laughs> So you can see everywhere where the Four Noble Truths keeps coming back and occurring, and you can see how important these Four Truths are. Juje 
So it states, says next, it says, therefore, if you have not ascertained something exactly, you cannot teach it to others. So if you don't have an understanding of the two truths, or of the four noble truths, uh, or of science, or of English, or history, then it's impossible to teach any of those subjects to others. So it's necessary to have uh, an understanding of, of all of these things in order to do so. Um, then it says, by stating those benefactors of beings who accomplish the good of the world through knowledge of paths. And here, knowledge of paths can be broken down into three categories. The knowledge of the path of the hearer, the knowledge of the paths of the solitary realizer, and then the knowledge of the paths of the bodhisattva. So here, knowledge of paths is broken down into three. It says, Ajita indicates, and Ajita refers to uh, Lord Maitreya, Lord Maitreya indicates in the ornament of clear knowledge, this is the Abhisama Alamkara, the ornament for clear realization also it's called, that knowing the paths of the three vehicles is the method for bodhisattvas to achieve the goal they have set. Um, so it's uh, necessary to be a knower of all three of those paths uh, within the three types of vehicles in order to be of benefit to all types of beings. And then there's a quote from the uh, 18,000 verse Perfection of Wisdom Sutra, um, it says also the mother of conquerors. Mother of conquerors refers specifically to the perfection of wisdom uh, teachings uh, um, given by Buddha. Um, and it says bodhisattvas should practice all paths. Whatever is a path of a hearer, solitary realizer, or a uh, Buddha. Um, uh, so it says shravaka, prachika Buddha, or Buddha. Uh, I think it should say bodhisattva. Um, so I'm not sure. I'd have to look at the Tibetan again. Uh, so uh, here is solitary realizers and Buddha, uh, those going to Buddhahood or Bodhisattvas, and should know all paths. They should also perform the deeds of these paths and bring all of them to completion. <laughs> だしょ、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと、ちょっと
the 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 mantra Teata Om Gate Gate Paragate Parasangate Bodhisoha, which stands for the path of accumulation, the path of preparation, the path of seeing, the path of meditation, and path of no more learning. So it brings a being uh, through all of those various stages, uh, uh, and a bodhisattva must know how to do so according to the three vehicles. So when we find it, uh, it the, that meaning here. So it says, thus it is contradictory to propound that you are not, you should not train in the scriptural collections of the Hinayana because you are a Mahayana practitioner. Uh, so here it, it shows that these are teachings that are shared in common with all practitioners, uh, teachings that are shared in common with beings of small capacity, teachings that are shared in common with beings of medium capacity, and one must know that there is a cause and effect relationship between the uh, lower pra and the higher practices um, and, and see that there is not contradiction there. So one can't say that he or she is a Mahayana practitioner and discard the Hinayana teachings. So there, now it says, there are shared and unshared paths to enter the Mahayana. Uh, since the shared are those that come from scriptural collections of the Hinayana, how could they be something to set aside? And then in the Foundation of All Good Qualities by Lama Tsongkhapa, or it's called also the, in our book, The Source of All My Good, it says, once one has practiced uh, well the path shared and become a vessel that is worthy, uh, enter the, the, the secret mantra, highest of all ways, holiest doors to come inside for the fortunate and good, something like that. Um, so once one has uh, uh, trained in both paths, then he or she becomes a vessel that is worthy. So that's what is meant here, uh, that there are paths that are uh, common and uncommon. Um, um, uh, so we find that, that direct quote in the, <coughs> the source of all, the lapsa. Once they practice well the, the paths shared and become a vessel that is worthy, I enter with perfect ease the way of the diamond, highest of all ways, holiest door to come inside for the fortunate and good. So if one is trying to accomplish the meaning or uh, the meaning for all sentient beings or be of benefit to all sentient beings, then it's necessary to 
um, uh, understand the teaching shared in common with beings of small capacity, the teaching shared in common with beings of medium capacity, the Christian teachings, the Jewish teachings, the Muslim teachings, all of these beings would fall under the category of sentient beings. So therefore, it's necessary to be able to understand all of these pathways which are common uh, um, and uncommon. So we can say that the, um, aban the abandonments or the ethics and, uh, um, and which are abandonments of certain behaviors um, and generosity are something that we find in common with the Christian tradition. The Buddhist has in common with the Christian tradition. And I think that if we look at the ethics, which is abandonment of the ten non-virtues, uh, then we would see that these are um, um, could be common uh, to uh, um, Buddhist and uh, um, non-Buddhist traditions. So the, their monks and nuns uh, um, in the uh, uh, um, uh, Christian and Buddhist tradition, and I'm sure if we look at the vows that the monks of the Christian and the tradition and, uh, and nuns of the Christian tradition and monks and nuns of the Buddhist tradition, the, some of the vows would have many common themes, or very common. So if they, we had to, a, a talk uh, between Christian and uh, uh, Buddhist monks and nuns, we would probably find that there were so many vows that we have in common, uh, so many uh, commitments that we have in common. So there are many uh, common, excellent qualities uh, <coughs> common, to, common with Christian, common with Jewish, common with Muslim. So the many excellent qualities we would find in common, uh, and Hindu, uh, many excellent qualities we would find in common. Uh, so there's many uh, common deities in Hinduism and Buddhism. で、ハジェマ、サラソテ。あ、ナンジャマ。ま、ヤンジェマス、ヤンジェマ。ヤンジェマ。サラソテ。サラソテ。サラソテ。サラソテ。セラスファティ。セラスファティ。セラスファティ
because uh, it's stated that Shiva is an emanation of Buddha. So the same we can't be uh, 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 of of Buddha uh, of compassion. Chen Rezik, Abul Kateshvara. When we were at the conference um, for Thanksgiving over at the uh, Middlesex Hospital, the uh, Hindu priest uh, came up to me and said that he um, finds uh, it benefits him to do meditation upon Omane Padme Hum. And I, I told him this uh, uh, story that of Shiva being an emanation of uh, Chen Rezik. Um, uh, and uh, he agreed. So it's a great uh, benefit if we can have uh, um, uh, more dialogue between religious traditions so we can find the things that we have in common uh, um, uh, so that we can help with and learn about each other's tradition and find what we have in common. So there's no problem that the Buddhist tradition has some differences with the Christian tradition because even within Buddhism we find the four tenet systems of the Great Exposition School, the Sutra School, the Mind Only School, and the Middle Way School, which have contradictions, not, uh, which have differences in views, uh, even amongst their uh, uh, amongst the Buddhist systems. So we can't find problem in having difference in views with other religious traditions. With even when even within Buddhism itself, there are differing views. <laughs> An unshared pass to enter the Mahayana. Since the shared are those that come from the scriptural collections of the Hinayana, how could they be something to set aside? Therefore, Mahayana followers must practice all those things taught in the Hinayana scriptural collections, with only a few exceptions, such as seek, diligently seeking a blissful place for oneself alone. This is the reason for extensively teaching all three vehicles in the very vast scriptural collections of the Bodhisattvas. 
Um, so we wouldn't, uh, uh, the Mayana would exclude, a practitioner would exclude certain practices where, of, uh, where one would, uh, because the, in the Mahayana there is an extinguishment of the, or an eradication of the self-cherishing attitude, there is, there isn't this, uh, this uh, desire to seek peace for oneself alone. Uh, so this wouldn't, wouldn't be something that would be practiced within the Mahayana path. But there are very few exceptions, it says here, to uh, those rules. So most of them are causes for uh, the great vehicle. So how could they be cast aside? How could someone say that we would set aside the lesser vehicle or Hinayana teachings? Kashi <laughs> Says furthermore, a, per a perfect Buddha has not extinguished just a portion of faults and accomplished a mere portion of good qualities, but rather has extinguished all types of faults and accomplished all types of good qualities. So the Buddha hasn't gotten rid of only some of the negativities and acquired some good qualities. The Buddha has eradicated every single negativity uh, without uh, leaving any. Um, and gained every excellent qualities one could achieve uh, in the state of all-knowing. A Mahayana practitioner sh seek to achieve this, since they will then eliminate all faults and develop all good qualities. All the different types of good qualities derived from elimination of faults and acquisition of knowledge within every other vehicle are included in the uh, um, Mahayana path. Uh, I believe that's where Rinpoche stopped. Uh, so all of the um, different vehicles are included within the Mahayana path because of the, the, they all, these different teachings and practices lead one to the goal of the path, which is complete uh, Buddhahood. So the Bodhisattva's uh, pathway includes all of these because these are all the pathways to his or her goal. <laughs> Therefore, every scripture is included as a branch of the Mahayana path for achieving Buddhahood. For there is no saying of that of the sage that does not extinguish some fault or develop some good quality. And 
uh, of all those, there is none that <coughs> my practitioner does not practice. So because all of the pronouncements of Buddha are pathways which lead to Buddhahood, and a Bodhisattva is on the pathway to Buddhahood, there are no exclusions. All of the different uh, pathways are considered, uh, 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 all of the different pathways of the hearers and the solitary realizers are also considered pathways of the Bodhisattva because they are included within his or her path and lead him or her to the goal of a Bodhisattva, which is Buddhahood. So uh, I think that that's enough, no? <laughs> So there isn't a, a, there isn't any need to get rid of religious traditions because we're, there's a negation being made. If, uh, uh, if the, the Christian tradition uh, negates the Buddhist tradition, or the Buddhist ne tradition negates the Christian tradition, or the Hindu tradition, uh, uh, this isn't uh, necessary. Uh, it's necessary for us to uh, find common uh, common things and, and, and develop friendships uh, because uh, uh, um, uh, um, w and not uh, just to negate each other's views. This is be, this be good now. So it looks like we have five five minutes. Does anyone have a question? I'd just like to comment that uh, His Holiness is in Melbourne, Australia with I think 85 or 90 religious leaders for two weeks of world parliament of religion or something. Mm -hmm. Dialogue just like very beneficial. Um, this is kind of a general question, but um, when you keep um, talking about beings um, studying the scripture different ways depending on their capacity, is there a way that non humans can? Access um, Dharma, such as uh, I don't other realms. I don't know animals. Just uh, in general, the I'm dendru, not sure. The dendro, the the may mayimba chu nyamlen chi tu udue. Chikshena dendro shimi chi the chu nyamlen chi tu udue. That dendro nam changshu lo lo yiso lo lo ma lo lo ta yada tu de riba si guiwas. Changshu guiwas. Wo tu dun chu de yusales. Yena ya rabi de na tu dun changshu semando. So it's stated in scriptures that there's actually uh, been examples of bodhisattvas who were rabbits and bodhisattvas who had the propelling karma to propel he or she into an animal realm. Uh, um, uh, or there, uh, there was some karma to propel them to an animal realm, and in this case a rabbit, and it states that uh, if uh, a being is a bodhisattva and even a rabbit, then he or she becomes the uh, object of homage for humans and all gods. Um, so, uh, yes, uh, and the, there's also 
uh, examples of Nagas um, and hungry ghosts uh, who both possess a, a, a large amount of, of uh, intellect, um, so it's said, who are able to study a small amount of Dharma. But uh, there are bodhisattvas in all six realms of cyclic existence. Uh so we can even see in the case of dogs and cats where there are some dogs or cats who are quite loving and seem like they have this love and then there are others who are always angry and biting uh, and, and don't seem to have that. So we can even see in the case of some of household pets, cats or dogs, where there's these different uh, types of, of beings even within one He's remembering Datsa Rinpoche, uh, His Holiness is the Dalai Lama's brother who passed away. We used to stay with, uh, uh, and uh, they, he has, I think, five dogs. Uh, and their one was called the lion, Senge, uh, and was a huge, big white dog. And the cat would sleep like uh, on top of this big white dog as if it was a bed. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it seemed like they liked this relationship because the dog wouldn't react in any way to the cat when the cat was laying there on top of him. And then there were a couple of other dogs, the Rottweilers, which weren't as friendly. And Dr. had to discipline quite often. They were not nice. It seemed like the between the dog and cat there was some kind of love there. What the love of this In this love, so it must be Dharma. Strange. pig uh, so then I saw the, uh, a lion was feeding off of a pig, uh, and must have been on Animal Planet, maybe a baby tiger uh, was being given milk by a, a pig's a mother pig. The pa the papa the senge uma yeah. yeah this yeah. pig giving milk to a cub. And the eagle was giving food. He saw an eagle giving food. The shati. Uh, the bird's nest. Inside there was an egg. And an eagle came to eat it. 
Oh, and then took the egg to the, the young, I guess, and fed it to the small children. Uh, it's, it's young. It must, there's got to be more to this story. I'm really sorry. <laughs> but it's, it's something about the eagle came and took, took the egg and then gave the egg to uh, another, uh, I don't know if it was its young uh, or another bird's young, but fed, didn't take it for itself. It fed it to something else. So that we're out of time. Uh, so we'll do the concluding dedication prayers. <coughs> the fundamental ground ascended with incense and strewn with flowers, adorned with Mount Meru, the four continents, the sun and the moon. I imagine this is a Buddha land and offer it. May all sentient beings enjoy this pure land. I dedicate whatever virtues I have collected for the benefit of the teachings of all sentient beings, and in particular for the essential teachings of Venerable Lozan Rapa to shine forever. I send forth this mantra to you, precious Guru. I dedicate all this virtue to emulate the knowledge of the hero Manchu Sri and likewise Mantabhadra as well. To whatever dedication is praised as supreme by all conquerors who traverse the three times, I also dedicate all my roots of virtue for the sake of auspicious deeds. In the heavenly realm of Tibet, surrounded by a chain of snow mountains, the source of all happiness and help for beings is Tenzin Yatsoch and resident person. May his life be secure for hundreds of countless. I pray for the long life of the precious Hansa Wanda, upholder of scriptural and realizational doctrines, spiritual friend who trained extensively in five great philosophical texts with exceptional wisdom and perseverance. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.